When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. January 7th, the day after January 6th, a day which we will not forget anytime soon. The amount of insanity going on just when you thought 2020 was doing its thing, 2021 was like, hold my beer, right? Like really, we thought we were done with this craziness? No, 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 no. And I think what is going on now in the Capitol and around the country and talking about, um, today I'm gonna talk about the vaccine because I got mine yesterday. Uh, and I wanna talk about misinformation, conspiracy thinking, social media's effect on that and its algorithms and tie it all into the chaos we're seeing and how we can transcend it and get to a better place. So for people who have questions about the difference between the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine, I'm gonna talk about that today. I'm gonna talk about my own experience with this. I'm gonna talk about vaccine shortages and what we ought to do. And I'm gonna talk about the conspiracy thinking around vaccines, how it relates to QAnon and the craziness in the Capitol and I'm gonna do it in an alt-middle, transpartisan way, and you're gonna like it, damn it. Um, so let's get started, shall we? Uh, I've got your comments pulled up here on both uh, YouTube and Facebook. I just wanna confirm that YouTube is working. Give me one second here. Is it working? We don't know. It is, there we go. All right, everybody's here. Um, okay, so let's start with this. Yesterday, I was able, finally, I waited my turn for my tear to come up as a healthcare practitioner that isn't right in the hospital this minute, but still sees patients at UNLV and does basically medicine. I'm in a certain tier and in California, or at least in the area where they're giving out the vaccines here, I met criteria. Now, I was gonna wait even longer before getting the vaccine because I did not wanna take it from a frontline healthcare worker who's in ICU, who's in ER, who clearly has more patient contact than me. And then I started hearing and reading and watching the reports and looking on social media at the large percentages of healthcare professionals. When I say large, I'm talking 20, 30, 40%, depending on where you are, that are passing on the vaccine, declining it. And that got me concerned because at that point, <laughs> it doesn't look like I'm taking a vaccine from a frontline healthcare worker. It looks like they're passing on it. And that got me thinking again, why is that? And I've talked about a little bit on the show before on New Year's Eve, talking about why it is that healthcare workers are reluctant, many of them are reluctant to get this vaccination. And some of it is crazy conspiracy stuff and misinformation. And some of it is just, they're behaving rationally. Well. They worry that it's too quick. They've already been mistreated so much by leadership, not getting PPE. They feel like they're being treated as guinea pigs. They wanna wait until more data comes out. And I think it's predominantly, again, it's predominantly nurses and non-physicians that are doing that. I think physicians are more likely to have looked at the primary data and said, yeah, okay, I'm okay with this. Or they're just conditioned differently about therapeutics. Either way, whatever the bottom line is, it's a real problem if you're concerned about frontline healthcare worker safety. So after reviewing the data myself, 
and talking to people that I think are very smart and doing many shows about this, um, I'm pretty convinced that this vaccine is safe and effective and you have to weigh your own risk benefit profile. Like it may have a slightly higher risk of allergic reaction, these two mRNA vaccinations. Um, but by slightly, it's like, well, instead of three in a million, 11 in a million. So, mm, and those tend to occur within the 15 minute monitoring time and they're treatable. So again, risk benefit, risk benefit. And I've already done shows on, hey, if you're breastfeeding, if you have autoimmune disease, if you have allergies, what should you do? The answers are in previous videos. Bottom line is most likely get the vaccination, but you have to weigh risk and benefit for yourself, right? So for me, the risks were I'm 47. I have two genetic uh, conditions that were picked up on a 23andMe screen, Factor V Leiden and Prothrombin 20210A that put me at a, according to 23andMe's evidence research, which I looked at the primary data, it's a little soft. I have a 75% lifetime risk of developing a blood clot, a deep venous thrombosis. Well, we know that the coronavirus promotes clotting and that's one of the complications of coronavirus. So even if I got an asymptomatic case of coronavirus, my chances of getting blood clots given my preexisting conditions are high. So in my calculus, the vaccine is a no brainer if it might potentially reduce that risk. Now we don't know how much it does because that specific condition hasn't been studied in the trials, right? So that's why I elected to get it. I got it yesterday, the videos on YouTube, uh, on uh, Facebook and Instagram so you can watch how painless it was. And I'll tell you my experience. I got the Moderna shot, not because I actively chose it, but because that's what was available. And I looked at data sets between the two, which we're gonna talk about, and I said, you know what? These are pretty similar. <laughs> it's hard to make a compelling case based on the available data for one over the other. And so at that point, I took what was offered to me, uh, the Moderna shot, and it was painless, slept like a baby this morning, pretty sore arm. Now that makes perfect sense because it's a few cc's of fluid in a muscle and what, what the way the vaccine works is it sends an email through messenger RNA to your cells, your muscle cells there and your dendritic cells, these sort of anti-antigen presenting cells, you don't need to know that, to say, hey, here's the instructions for how to make a spike protein which will then be exposed, it'll come to the surface of the muscle cells, exposed to these immune system cells that are always scanning for problems, and we'll teach them, hey, this is something that's foreign, probably you should start to learn how to uh, fight this. And that may trigger an immune response in the form of fevers, headaches, muscle aches, the kind of some, re they call it re reactogenicity of the vaccine that is a sign that your immune system's firing up, or it may be as simple as a sore arm where those muscle cells that are showing these foreign particles um, can get inflamed from the, your own immune system, which is good, that's what you want. Because when the real virus comes, it is doing that to everything in your upper respiratory tract, in your lungs. This is a virus that can cross into the brain. So you have to decide, am I okay with a sore arm, maybe a fever, maybe some muscle aches, maybe some arthralgias, a very small risk of a severe allergic reaction? Uh, or am I okay taking my chances with the wild virus? And that's a calculation that only you can make and you can talk with your doctor, but you need to be educated with what the facts are so you can make that decision, right? Nobody's putting a gun to your head and saying, take the vaccine and including me. I say, make a decision based on evidence that, you, that, that is given to you. Where I get angry is when I see healthcare workers spreading misinformation online 
as healthcare workers. I'm a nurse and I read about, you know, this conspiracy about nanoparticles and sterility and all this, all of which is not true, all of which has been debunked. Nurses are the most trusted profession in the United States. And that's an abuse of your trust because it's not true. You've been played by the algorithms that fed you garbage that we're gonna talk about in the second half of this live. The fed you garbage that fit your ideologic belief already. So in other words, maybe you're um, someone who is like, does not like people telling you what to do, which, hey, I'm like that. I'm a pretty libertarian dude. So it fits that, oh, they're trying to do this and they're trying to control us and Bill Gates wants to chip us. By the way, a remarkable number of Americans believe that. Okay, we're gonna talk about that as well. Um, and so then you see something online that confirms your bias, maybe from a source that has ideological beliefs that are similar to yours. And then you go, okay, this must be true then, because that's how humans work. That's why social media is a poison. I'm gonna say it again, I'm on Facebook right now and YouTube. Both these platforms are can be poisonous. I mean, we can do better with them, but honestly, I'm for just burning them to the ground and starting fresh, but that's just me, all right? Locals.com if you wanna try that. So that being said, um, for me, the decision point was, let's get it. So I got it yesterday, felt great, have this sore arm, no other symptoms today. Now, people have asked me, well then, should I get the Moderna vaccine? Should I get the Pfizer vaccine? Should I get neither? Should I get both? The, Br the Brits are saying, maybe we can mix and match. Maybe we're, we can talk about that a little bit. So the answer is this. When you look at the, the differences between the two vaccines, I can quickly summarize them, all right? So Pfizer is emergency youth use authorized for ages 16 and up. Moderna is authorized emergency use for ages 18 and up. And the reason is, it's not that one is safer than the other in kids, it's that one was studied down to 16 years old and one wasn't. The Pfizer one was studied down to 16, the Moderna wasn't. Okay, so that's one difference is like, obviously if you're uh, younger than 18, um, you would need to get the Pfizer one, all right? But above 16, two years. Um, the other difference is how they were sort of funded. So Pfizer was a private entity. It's Pfizer, big pharmaceutical company. They created this thing um, using you know, some public research, I'm sure, but internally without direct government money, although they then were guaranteed certain number of doses would be bought and that sort of thing. But they weren't otherwise directly funded by Operation Warp Speed. Moderna, smaller company, worked in partnership with the National Institutes of Health and the National Institute of Allergy and Immunology that Fauci heads and um, worked together with them, did get Operation Warp Speed funding and they're still price gouging on the <laughs> vaccine. Uh, they just won a Martin Shkreli Award uh, from the Lown Institute for doing that, but that's another talk. But they, um, they, they had that sort of public-private partnership. So difference in how they came about. The Moderna trial was about 30,000 people across races, genders, ethnicity, et cetera. The Pfizer was about 38,000 people. The outcomes of both trials and the data set that we have showed 95% efficacy in the Pfizer trial and 94% efficacy in the Moderna trial. Now, this is why that's not as important as you think. It really just takes a couple patients, one way or the other, to change those efficacy numbers. So, you know, a, a handful might change it from, you know, 92 to 95 or something. And so these differences aren't particularly meaningful. And looking at the subgroups of patients, they were pretty efficacious across 
a lot of subgroups, right? Um, a little less efficacious in the elderly. Um, both of them seem to prevent severe disease, so disease that winds you in the hospital on a ventilator compared to the placebo group. Um, and so they're both pretty effective. So I don't think that you could argue strongly that you want one or the other based on efficacy, although you could split hairs. And if you look at the primary data, maybe you'll find something that's more compelling to you. Of course, most people don't do that. So in reality, not a huge difference. In terms of allergies and stuff, it's not clear that there's a vast difference. They both use these lipid nanoparticles. They differ in the exact configuration of the messenger RNA that they're using. So there's very slight differences there, which means you know maybe some people react differently to the different uh, vaccines, but we won't really know until we have enough numbers comparing the two groups. Um, so that that you know that's another uh, piece of it. Now the other difference is there are different administration regimens. So the Pfizer is a 30 microgram dose, and the Moderna is a 100 microgram dose. Now these are micrograms, so they're still tiny amounts, but Moderna needs more vaccine and uh, the the Pfizer is slightly more potent at 30 micrograms. Um, the other difference is Pfizer's is given basically three weeks apart um, and the Moderna's is given four weeks apart. So there's a difference in the spacing and probably how they did the trials. Um, the other thing is like maximum efficacy was measured in the Pfizer trial as I think a week after the second dose was measured at that 95% efficacy. And in the Moderna trial, it was two weeks after the second dose. Now, again, does that make a difference? Because if you had measured them right away, we, they didn't do that, so we don't know, right? So um, I'm not sure it makes a huge difference, but that's the data that you can then say, okay, the, these are the differences between the, um, between the vaccines. So, um, that's really Moderna versus Pfizer, right? And that's the rationale for why I chose to get the vaccination. Um, my own projection is that if a lot of healthcare workers were to get it, it would be a good idea. But in the absence of that, if they decide they're not gonna do it, you know, it, it's interesting to me that a lot of the same people that were really loud about how horrible they were treated, which is all true with masks and the indentations and the lack of PPE, some of those people are the same people that are loud about not taking this vaccine. And I think it's partially because they've been poisoned by the politicization of vaccination, the crazy polarization in the country, misinformation online, mistrust. It's just like communities of color that are, that are 43% of African-Americans say they'd take the vaccine. That tells you about the mistrust in that community that, hey, if we're being honest, it's pretty well earned, you know, from the from uh, how how um, people of color have been treated by the medical establishment. Now you could argue that it's changing and all that, and that's fine. And again, I'm no woke lord. Like the whole woke culture thing bothers me. I'm not a big, you know, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to take a knee for anything. But I think it's very hard to deny that there are big disparities, right? And so. Instead of judging people and saying, oh, you're not taking the vaccine, go, okay, why is it? What's going on? And how can we talk about it in a way that makes you comfortable with what you know, and now you're making an, an, a decision based on knowledge instead of just pure fear, emotion, misinformation, history, whatever it is, because we're talking about saving lives now. That's the thing. It's about harm reduction. It's about bringing people together and saying, here's the information, which brings me to the next part of this conversation. And I'm just confirming that we're still streaming here. Thanks to everybody who's sending stars on Facebook. Um, 
and supporting the show. Um, will Fauci profit any from the Moderna vaccine, Liz Windsor? <laughs> I don't think so. He's a government official, unless he's invested directly in Moderna, which I don't know about, I don't think so. And it's good, listen, it's not wrong to ask where is the money in all this? It really isn't because it can in introduce bias. And you know, I think it's worth always asking those questions and being super skeptical. And when this thing started, I told you, I'm not getting any vaccine on, on anybody's just carte blanche without looking at data, talking to people that I trust and convincing myself doing my research. Now, the difference between a physician who's connected, well-connected in the research community and your average Joe on the internet who did their research is, is vastly different. And that's why you have to look at the sources of where you're getting your data. Which brings me to the to this part of the show that I think is topical right now. All right. What we saw in the nation's capital yesterday was absolutely disgusting. And I'm gonna editorialize for a second because you guys know, like I, I don't really care. Trump, Biden, I think they're both jackasses. I just don't care. I, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm somewhere in the alt middle, which is not, doesn't mean I'm a centrist. It means I look at what seems to work, ideas that work, and I have rational conversation with other rational people and we debate and come up with a solution that will implement a policy that will help the most people and is consistent what I think with what I think my moral palate is. When I mean palate, I mean like taste buds, like a palate, like you have a palate for certain foods. All of us have a moral palate. What happened yesterday was a mob incited by who they perceive their leader is, who tried to circumvent one of the icons of our democracy in a citadel that is not just a citadel for the United States, but is a citadel of hope and democracy for the world. They behaved like animals. They desecrated a holy temple. Lives were lost. And they did this on the egging of the commander in chief of this country. Now. I have never really been one to complain about Trump that much because I actually like some of the stuff that he's done in terms of price transparency in medicine, uh, in terms of a stiff middle finger to the establishment. Okay, I like those aspects of it. But what he, his behavior, forget about who he is as a person, I have no idea, I'm not in his head. His behavior yesterday led to lives lost and the desecration of a temple and a messaging that is poisoning our discourse. That's it. And I have to say that because if I don't say that, then I'm not saying what I actually think and I'm not being authentic to my own moral palate. Now, let's talk about moral palate. What we saw yesterday was a bunch of thugs storming one of our most respected institutions. Look, say what you will about Congress, they're a bunch of dipshits. That's like, it's like family, right? Like when, 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 when you can criticize your family all you want, you can rail and rail, but when someone else does, they better watch out. Well, these people who invaded through an insurrection, our democracy are those people. They are the others that they so clearly don't, don't want in government, right? And what happened here is a, poisoning of the mind that was accentuated by social media algorithms. So this QAnon bullshit, and I say it's bullshit, has 
a Venn diagram of overlap with anti-vaccine conspiracy theory, pandemic dipshits, like all these people that have been the loudest lunatic fringe that I've been making videos about from the beginning of the pandemic. And you guys know I'm a skeptic of lockdowns. I was skeptical of masks early on. I, I, I'm i not somebody who just says, yeah, whatever Fauci says, let's go do that. Or whatever CDC says, let's go do that. Let's ask questions. Let's have dissent. Let's talk about science. These are not those people. These are people who've been led by a anonymous person on 8chan to believe that the government Democrats in particular, is infiltrated by pedophiles who are trafficking in child sex and their savior is Donald Trump. Now, just saying that should trigger every insane detection device in your mind, but it doesn't for these people because those ideas fit whatever their moral palette is about liberty versus oppression, about feeling like they've been unfairly treated, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's reasoning why people radicalize around those ideas. But here's, here's what happens. The commander in chief messages similar nonsense. And you could argue that that's partially why we have 350,000 deaths in the US instead of 300,000 or whatever the number would be. I can't put a number, I don't know what it is because the modeling behavior of the commander in chief is bullshit when it comes to how you behave in a pandemic. And it's bullshit when it comes to, oh, did you lose the election? Did you win the election? All right, fine. I'm willing to entertain ideas of election fraud. Show me evidence. There's none. So, and again and again and again and again. So now he's egging these people on through misinformation. Now this has a point that's gonna wrap into the medical stuff. So what happens when people who are ideologically aligned with you hear misinformation that their confirmation bias wants to believe and you continue to hit their emotions instead of their reason, they are gonna do some crazy shit. And that's, it was totally predictable. What happened yesterday was 100% predictable from what they were saying they were gonna do on their forums. And misinformation spreads dra drastically faster than real information. Believe me, I know this because I've, spread, I've spent so much time trying to combat it and it'll never reach even near the number of views that the original misinformation reached, even after Facebook and YouTube block it, which I still think is a mistake, right? So what's happened now is this QAnon nonsense has bled into this pandemic nonsense, which has bled into the anti-vaccine oh, it's a 5G nanobot technology that Bill Gates is injecting in us. And on top of that, um, it causes female sterility. All right, just listen to yourself, dude, really. Like, I'm willing to listen to people who say, oh, pharma is gonna bias the results, that's possible. Maybe it's less effective than we think, that's possible. Maybe there's some you know, strange side effects that haven't emerged yet, unlikely, but possible. That's rational. I don't wanna be first in line to get the vaccine, rational. They're injecting 5G nanobots so that Bill Cates can microchip us and control us because of something I read on the internet. Fuck you. You're out of your mind. And not only that, but you're a danger to people around you. You're a danger to your family. You're a danger to your community. And um, honestly, it's not your fault still. No. It's the algorithms that weaponize misinformation and it's leaders who exploit it. And honestly, they exist in both parties. It's the same thing. You know, 
The left will prey on emotions to generate a woke culture and cancel culture and the kind of bullshit outrage that's you know, infected college campuses and free speech uh, censorship. And the reason that platforms like Locals exist is to counter that. You know, when, when the big tech companies can shut down your speech, right? And they can shut down Trump's speech, they can shut down my speech. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a a disease that's infested our country, and it wasn't intentional. Honestly, I mean, you can't blame anybody, right? But you do have to hold people accountable. And uh, this is the last editorial I'm going to make about Donald Trump. He needs to go, like yesterday. He needs to say publicly that he lost the election, so that there's a peaceful transfer of power. I don't care about Biden. I don't care about Harris. I don't care about Democrats. I just don't care about that. What I care about is the safety and integrity of the messaging that America is sending, not only to its own citizens, but to the world. And that's what we have here in America. We are the shining city on the hill. And to see this happen in my lifetime, you know, I was in the car with my girls, um, bringing them from our house to the studio here to do this show. And I was listening to, radio news, different channels, because I don't like the political bias of one or the other. Like if I listen to NPR too much, I'm just like, oh my God. If I listen to whatever AM, you know, talk radio, I'm like, oh my God. So trying to find truth is picking and choosing from bits and trying to form an analysis that's transpartisan and, and accounts for your own bias. I started getting so angry, I started shouting at the radio, which again is a bad sign. And I told my daughters, I said, listen, you guys never grew up you're not 47 like me. You didn't grow up in a country that you assumed was exceptional. You didn't grow up in a country that your parents came to with nothing in their pocket from India, did a second residency, came to this country because they believed in what it stood for. They believed in democracy. They believed in rule of law. They believed that a president is elected. They believe that wisdom and the pursuit of happiness are the rights that we have. And I told them, I said, what we see today is so hurtful to those of us who believe in that dream. And it's coming back, we're gonna take it back, that's a fact. This is this nightmare, national nightmare will be over. But, and this is the strongest I've spoken about this because I haven't felt this way as strongly until yesterday's events. This is the final tipping point. And I think it is for many. And there are many, uh, you know, people that, you know, really that, um, again, 70 odd million people voted for Donald Trump, not so much for the man, but for this idea that they are so disillusioned with what they see is happening in, celebrities going and making their dipshit political statements that they they have no, who cares what a celebrity thinks? This suppression of free speech, cancel culture, this woke overlords where you can't even have discussions about stuff without being shut down as a racist or something. It's insanity. And so there's there's a righteous anger against that. And they saw in Donald Trump, somebody who just said whatever he thought and never got canceled, right? There's something to that. What I saw yesterday, that doesn't. none of that matters. None of that matters. This is an affront, and let me get back to the moral palette thing. 
So and now you got me going, I don't know what's gonna happen. So we have these moral taste buds, all of us, right? Liberty versus oppression, loyalty versus betrayal, care versus harm, fairness versus cheating, sanctity versus degradation, right? That's just five of them. And those are the big five. Yesterday, if you, and every human has all of them, but some value more than others. Like people who are more liberal on the political spectrum value care versus harm and fairness versus cheating more. Conservatives tend to value the loyalty versus betrayal, the uh, sanctity versus degradation, the liberty versus oppression more. And so what you saw was the mob yesterday was a liberty versus oppression mob and a loyalty versus betrayal mob. They are loyal to Donald Trump. And when he opens his fat mouth to talk about inciting an insurrection, more or less, go wild, go to Congress, et cetera. And you guys will say, oh, it's not what he said. And look, that's what they heard. And he knows that. <laughs> Again, I'm not reading his mind. I made a cognitive error there. I take that back. He acts like he knows that. And so that's what they heard. So liberty versus oppression, these people are holding me down. I have every right to walk into that chamber that I paid taxes for and take sit in Pelosi's desk, sit at the dais, take the lectern, right? That's my money. You won't tell me what to do. This is my house. That's how they felt. And loyalty versus betrayal. Trump says, we can do this. We're gonna go do this, right? All right, what about the rest of us? Let's talk about sanctity versus degradation. They desecrated a shrine that stands for everything that has been built since 1776, since Americans spilled blood in the war for independence. They desecrated that shrine. You want sanctity versus degradation? They're animals. That's what it feels like. It triggers a disgust mechanism in many people, including people who may politically agree with them. All right, sanctity versus degradation. Let's talk about fairness versus cheating. Actually, that's another one. They thought Trump was cheated out of the election. Why? Because Trump said so. Loyalty versus betrayal. All right, fine. What about the rest of us? There was a free and fair election by all counts. If you don't like the outcome, you should have voted, right? I'm pretty sure Gore versus Bush, a lot of people didn't like that outcome. There were some demonstrations and a little bit of violence, but nothing like this. Nobody's storming the Capitol because President Clinton stood up there and said, you guys should go overturn this fraudulent election. What would have happened, right? By the way, don't ask what would have happened if that mob were black. It would have been a massacre, right? Let's be honest. The Capitol Police, that's just straight dereliction of duty, right? So that being said, let's keep going with the moral palettes now that I'm going off the rails in a live show. We talked about liberty versus oppression. We talked about fairness versus cheating. The rest of us feel like you don't cheat and take an election. That's banana republic shit, all right? Go run again in 2024, God help us all. Next, care versus harm. Break into, smash windows, 
in Congress put the place on lockdown wearing body armor and carrying weapons? How does that affect care versus harm in your moral palate? Right? And uh, again, loyalty versus betrayal. When Americans watch this, they feel betrayed. This is a coup. It's an insurrection. That is, that is instigated by the President of the United States, who many of them helped elect. Talk about betrayal. Does that make sense? So again, this is how we think about the emotional response to current events. And I've shown you my emotional response, right? Now I'm gonna dial it back and say, okay, so what does this have to do with any of the medical shit I've been talking about? And this is it. The same polarization, social media algorithms that foment misinformation and the leadership that foments it can spread misinformation about science. And we're seeing it happening with vaccines. So it's one thing I completely respect you if you're holding off on the vaccine for the reasons I talked about. I wouldn't personally, I didn't make that decision. I made the decision to get it, but it's your decision and you made it with rational thought. But the misinformation is actually harming people that won't be able to know better because they're operating on autopilot. Because when the misinformation dovetails with their existing ideology, it is impossible to resist without training and without a lot of effort. And that's why you can't convince your crazy uncle to get vaccinated. That's why you can't convince your crazy aunt that pandemic isn't a thing, right? And that's why probably I haven't looked at the comments here, but a lot of the crazy comments, you're gonna, you're gonna fight with each other in the comments and all that is is theater. No one's convinced. That's why the comment section is usually garbage. You know, some people make really good comments, but the idea in the comment section is to outdo the other dimwit. It's theater, it's polarizing. Honestly, I should just shut the comment sections down, but then no one would come. You see how I'm gaming the algorithm just to get my message out there. It's sick and I'm sick for doing it. And yet, if I don't, I'll get 10 views and my message will not be heard. It's sick, it really is. There are better ways to do it. I actually think what, what other platforms are doing is good. Um, yeah, that's really, that's what I had to say. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna people who wanna tune out, I'm gonna take some comments because I've, I've been rambling enough and uh, uh, you know, let's see. Um, oh, by the way, so wait, 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 what, 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 what's the hope in all this? What's the hope in all this? The hope is these are the growing pains of normal human evolution of our societies. You get the capitalism happening, then the excess of it. Oh, there's a bunch of disparities, et cetera. Okay, then you get the pluralism, the 60s and the sort of more liberal movement, and then you get the excesses of it. And the excesses are woke culture and the woke overlords and cancel culture and so many pronouns that it hurts my head um, and all this stuff. But what transcends what's the next phase. So when you run up against these downsides, and this, what this is, is a regressive piece of our past, these thugs coming up trying to cancel America, basically, that's gonna happen. That is a normal part of human progress. What's the next emergent gonna be? I talk about it in healthcare as health 
transcendent, rehumanized, technology-enabled, but not enslaved like Health 2.0, where we're just paid to do the right thing for patients. And we actually reincorporate mind, body, and spirit. And spirit can be totally secular or it can be religious. And that is the next emergent. It's also the next emergent of our society, this sort of integral level where we go, yes, and to everything that came before, taking the positive, rejecting the negative. And this example of the negative actually just serves to propel us forward. If we listen, if our leaders listen, and if we have enough introspection to watch our minds and go, this is what's happening. If I watch my mind during this live, I went off the rails a few times. I let, I just opened the gate of emotion, right? And then tried to rein it back in. But I can see it happening. And that takes practice, whether it's meditation or whatever your practice is. That's what I would love for us to learn to do because that will actually, it sounds new agey and dumb, but that's how we learn to be more human, more connected, more rational, more irrational, more emotional, more loving, and still come out on the right side off each other. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna ditch the comments because they're just gonna piss me off right now. I have enough insight to know that. Do me a favor, just share the video, hit like, leave a comment, have your voice heard, think about it, if you wanna go deeper, maybe I'll do a live show for my supporters right after this where we go a little deeper. Join our supporter tribes. It's just cdogmd.com forward slash supporters with an S. You can also support our show with a one-time PayPal donation at paypal.me forward slash cdogmd. And you're the people who fund our show. So all the conspiracy theories who are like pharma's paying him to say this stuff about the vaccines, well, they're not getting a good deal because I say negative stuff too. And no, they don't pay me, you pay me. And if you're a conspiracy theory person, you're paying me through ads just by watching the video. So thank you for allowing me to be in your pocket. All right, guys, uh, I love you guys. We'll get through this, it's, it's fine, we will. Until next time, we are out. Hey, it's Dr. Z. Thanks for getting through the whole episode. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> and so at this point, I just got to ask you for a few favors because it just helps us so much if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. It, it just really helps the algorithm to get this message out to others. The second thing is email me, hello at zdogmd.com. I get all these emails personally. I can't respond to them all, but I need to hear your voice because especially on podcast, we don't have a comment section. And I wanna hear how this episode affected you, what you'd like to hear in the future, what you think we got wrong, what we think we got right, anything, anything, or just say hi. So that's really powerful. And the third thing is, financially, it helps us a lot to support the show in any way you can. And if you go to zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, you can join our supporter tribe on your favorite platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. What that will get you on those platforms is live shows with me that are exclusive for supporters and access to our Zoom meetings where we talk about awakening realization and we share with each other our own experience. It's a powerful group effect. It's a community, really. And we support and love each other and share, again, through our own experience, 
how we're waking up. So, and that that ripples out into systems, into transforming healthcare and education and government. So it st- really starts with us. So join us there if you can. Again, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. And I'm so grateful to have you with us.